It'll ask me to read from the scriptures and then he's going to come forward and bring us the message. If you turn in your Bibles to Matt, to gospel according to Mark, or to John, I should say, John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we'll begin reading at verse 7 down through 26. John chapter 4 and verse 7. John chapter 4 and verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with and you the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. May God bless the reading of his word. Before we say anything, let's bow our heads for a word of prayers. That's best. Father, we thank you for bringing us all together on this Sunday morning. This is the day that the Lord has prepared for us. We're going to rejoice. We're going to Open our hearts. We're going to listen to your words. Uh, It's not mine. It's what the Bible teaches us. I pray with all my heart that you speak to each and every heart this morning. And when we leave this place, we can say, the Lord has spoken to his people. Touch our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. To many, uh, what... Dean Red is a very popular story, and also uh, it's uh, known by many Christians. 
It's always touched my heart. Uh, the story of the woman at the well. Especially when I visited this well. And I stood there. Do you know how deep that well was? I asked the, uh, the brother who was with us. I said, could you tell me how deep? And he said, yeah, we've asked. It's 78 feet deep. And I can still remember myself. We sat there, most probably somewhere where Jesus sat and talked and spoke to this woman. Today, I want to talk about a subject that people long to experience. And it is satisfaction. And I want to title this subject that Jesus satisfies. He is the only one who satisfies the heart, the desires of the heart. The psalmist said of all, Who have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. That shows a deep satisfaction of the psalmist of old. And if we need to know what is satisfaction, well, you might come up with many uh, explanations. But the dictionary defines it as being or having enough. How about that? Satisfaction is found when you can share it with others and still have it. Do you know that? As the little Irish boy once said, I always knew that Christ was necessary for my soul's salvation, but I never knew till now that he is enough. He satisfies. There is no person under the sun who can satisfy the desires of the longing heart like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ask any Christian, ask any born-again Christian, say, who satisfies you? Who satisfied your life? He tells you, I've tried everything under the sun. None but Jesus Christ could satisfy my hunger. And this is today we're going to look at that. Satisfaction, once someone said, makes poor men rich. Dissatisfaction, on the other hand, makes rich men poor. That was said by Benjamin Franklin. And a man from Texas once asked, and he replied, he said that he came from the greatest state in the world. You know how Texans are, you know. Let alone they are tall with their big hats and whatever. He said he came from the greatest state in the world, the state of satisfaction. Someone defined satisfaction as to do small duties with a sense that all faithful service ranks equally with God. Those of you who think you're, I'm doing some few little things here in the church, well, everything ranks equally with God. To practice always His presence is satisfaction. Did you ever know that? To see the beauty He has made, you get satisfaction. To be where we are needed and to make time for those who need us is satisfaction. 
to pass on our way unhurried, without care, without worry, realizing that His is the kingdom, the power, and the glory that is a satisfied heart. We read a story this morning about a dissatisfied woman. Wouldn't you say that? And she came one day to the well. And you know it was the habit of people of old to come to the well almost around 5, 6 o'clock. When I was growing up in our uh, little village in the mountains and 5 o'clock you could see them. And many people, shepherds, bringing their sheep to uh, drink from the well there. From the, and uh, they come and fill their pitchers or uh, what have you. And uh, chit-chat a little bit. Uh, enjoy each other. And then each one goes home. And this is a picture exactly. I've seen it. And maybe most of you did not. Who were born in the uh, late 20th century. But this is one where, was one like you meet uh, at some place and a meeting place for the town or the village. And a woman, this woman did not come at five o'clock. The Bible says she came at noon. She was ashamed herself, dissatisfied of her life. And this is, this is a sto- her story is a sad story. But thank God for happy endings. I love happy endings. And uh, let's look a little bit from uh, the, let's, let's put our imaginations to work this morning. Help me out and I want to share a few things with you. She probably was quite attractive in her youth. And uh, this Samaritan woman had married young and perhaps she was more in love with love than with a person. And I say, I want to say one word here for our young people. Uh, Don't fall in love with love. You must fall in love first with Jesus Christ. And secondly, fall in love with the right person. If you are falling in love with love, it's not going to work. It did not work with this woman. And her marriage ended on the rocks. So far, bleak pictures, isn't it? Before the second marriage, she hoped for better days. For she now knew the heartaches of a broken home. She has already a broken heart and a broken home. So her second marriage came and also ended in failure, making her a two-time loser. Depression. Her third marriage did not have a chance at all. She tired of her husband quickly and probably she had an extramarital affair and with a man who later on she got married to, most probably. I'm, I, I'm, you know, your imaginations. Now, marriage has become a habit and a matter of convenience. Love turned to lust and dreams of happiness turned into unsatisfaction. And every dream of hers ended up on the rocks. After her fifth marriage, we hear her saying, well... Why go anymore through the pastor or the rabbi and perform? Uh, life has got, the formality is no more. The ceremony I don't need. I just, uh, it just makes me a liar when I stand before him and he says, I do. I love him and I do. She now had a, an idea about herself that totally she is in the dumps 
Till death do us part doesn't mean anything to her. And she said, well, I'll sh- I shall take a man and live with him and, uh, as long as I please and move out whenever I please and move on in life. Read the Bible. When Jesus Christ asked her to go and get her husband, she said, sir, I have no husband. She was living with a man. That's the picture. Do you see this picture in society today? You see, this is written 2,000 years ago. This happened. It's not a story. This happened 2,000 years ago. And guess what? Society did not improve on it one iota. You said, but even not that very many people get married five times. Well, let me take you to Hollywood and I'll show you they do. And so many of them got sick and tired of it, they live together. Which is against the precept of God. And we don't approve of it at all. She is a clear picture of our rotten society today. She's a clear picture of people who are living without hope. Without love. Love is out the window. And hope is something to grasp and they cannot grasp it. And she lived as dissatisfied as a person could be. But one day, she met the seventh man in her life. One day, she met a different man. And she said, what are you, why are you talking to me? We're not supposed to be talking. You're not a Samaritan. We're strangers. And Jews are not supposed to talk to Samaritans. And she wanted to start a dialogue with him. But he said, We're not going to talk about that now. I have more important business to do with you. Thank God that Jesus came and he was in here for business, not for pleasure. We know her condition in brief. Now, what did Jesus see in her? I want to bring a few things to your attention. What did he see in her? First of all, Jesus saw more than this woman's sins. Do you agree with me? Oh, so many people say, hey, <coughs> he's a sinner. They said about him, he goes and, and eats with sinners. Do you know what the purpose was, his purpose? His main goal, to win them to the kingdom. To tell them about their salvation. And he, first and foremost, he saw more than her sins. Secondly, he saw more than what she was. When the woman, Mary Magdalene, met him, and she was almost on the verge to be stoned, to die because she was caught in adultery. And the rabbis... And the spiritual leaders 
had their stones ready, they wanted to stone her and put her to death according to the book, according to the law. And when she met Jesus, and she kneeled at his feet, she didn't even dare to look in his face. Yes, what did he say? Well, I judge you exactly like they did. Did he say that? He saw beyond that. He saw what she could be. And he said, and when he addressed them, who is the one without sin? Let him start the first stone. No one could dare. He came for sinners. And he came for this woman who was caught in adultery, a sinner. And guess what? And he saved her exactly that very moment. He saw more than what she was. A five-timer and living in sin. He saw what she could become. When you met Jesus Christ, I thank God he didn't see us as we were at that moment. He saw, well, you could become a servant for me. He didn't see a Peter, a fisherman only. And he knew that he was going to deny him in the future. And he knew he was going to go through ups and downs in his life. So all the disciples. But he did not look at their present condition. When they came in sin, he looked at where they could be later on. And this is why each and when every one of you, when you met the Lord Jesus Christ, including me, he saw us where we could be. Did you ever? See yourself or imagine you'll be sitting at the bench in a church in San Ramon in 2004 listening to the word of God when you were in sin. Beyond your dreams. God sees the unseen. And he saw this woman, what she could become. He saw also her needs and her thirst for satisfaction and fulfillment in life. She was thirsty, but she didn't know. She didn't know what could fulfill her thirst. She was dissatisfied with life. How can I get satisfied? And he saw it. She had been exploited for pleasure and was disgusted with the mess she made of her life. And she was there standing before him. She hated herself, was living with shame. And she didn't come at five o'clock where everybody sees everybody. She came at noon because she knew what people thought about her. She said, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to look at their looks. She was ashamed. She reached a certain law in her life that she couldn't be around people anymore. Oh, what a, what a picture of a dissatisfied and down woman. Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you say that she had longing to be a different woman? How many times before we got saved said, I wish I could be a better man. I hate myself. When you lost control, when you committed a certain sin, afterwards said, I hate myself. I wish I can get rid of this sin. How many times when you lied, you, you went home and said, oh, I wish I am not a liar. I wish someone could take away that sin from my life. You are, you have a habit. 
And God knows that secret habit that you have. And you tried to get rid of it. And you've been trying for how many years? Maybe 10 years to get rid of it. That shows you since you've been trying for 10 years, you couldn't get rid of it. And you're so dissatisfied. You're so down. You're discontented. And you need someone to take away that habit and throw it in the deep seas. You would like to be a new person, a new man, a new woman, but you couldn't. This woman tried so hard, but she couldn't do it. Until she met the Savior. Ask yourself this morning, if there's someone with us here this morning, says, I cannot get rid of my temper. I cannot get rid of my old life. I cannot get rid of my drinking habit. I cannot get rid of this sin in my life. And you know, every time I try, and I try, and I get counsel, and I go to the psychiatrist, and they give me, they give me even medication for it. And I cannot overcome it. If you're there, I have a remedy for that. The Lord Jesus Christ. He satisfies. He is the enough, as we heard. What did he offer? We know now her condition. We know how did he see her. Now, what did he offer? Easy. Skillfully, he offered the woman the water of life. That would satisfy her thirst for a better life. He said, I shall give you a well of water springing up to eternal life. Verse 14. Look at verse 14. He says, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Who's speaking there? Jesus Christ. He says, I can relieve you. You're dissatisfied now. I am going to give you satisfaction. That will be with you forever and ever. You will never thirst again. You will never go back to that old life again. I am going to give you victory over your life. And I am going to send you happy ever after. The woman started her argument. Started debating. And the debate goes on about worship. The woman says, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain and people say that in Jerusalem is the place where you should worship and so on and so forth. And she started trying to open a what? A debate with him. An argument. Listen, brothers and sisters. When you take the Lord Jesus Christ and offer him to those people who did not experience eternal life yet. And they start what? Asking you questions to divert you. The divergence. The diversions are so many. And tell me, uh, if Jesus is love, I've, I've been asked this question many more. If he, why does he allow people to die? Oh, I said, well, let's worry about you today. If you die now, where are you going? And have you met many people when you start talking about Jesus, they come up with questions? Have you met someone, some people who are even Christians and they have a question mark on their face? All the time. Say, how are you? Adol, can I ask you a question? Yes. And they have a question, question, questions, 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 and questions, and repeated questions. And this comes, what we're from? Dissatisfaction. They haven't yet 
found Jesus Christ and rested in Him. When you find Jesus, the questions go away. You know what? And the answers come in. And joy comes in. When the Prime Minister of Ethiopia. Prime Minister. And he was the treasury man. He had all the money in the world. And they, and he said he was looking and searching every time, every morning, every evening. He was dissatisfied with his present life. The richest man in Ethiopia. He has all the money you can think of or dream of. And finally they told him, guess what? You need to make a trip. You need to go and visit Jerusalem there. There's the big temple. And you go into the temple. And then you will find the answer to all your questions. He went. Did he? Didn't he? Huh? The Ethiopian eunuch. You know? He was responsible for the treasury. He spent a couple of weeks. Was invited by the mayor of the city. By the governor. He was treated. He was taken to the temple. He went into and met with the rabbis. Met with all the priests. The high priests. And then finally the trip ended. And he left Jerusalem the way he came. With no answers. On the way he was still searching. On the way, he was still looking. He, on the way, he was still perplexed about life. I say, every, every morning I get up, I am dissatisfied. There was, and then he met Philip. He met Philip. The Lord said, Philip, go to the chariots, stop it. He said, do, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I understand? I spent two weeks in Jerusalem and they tried to make me understand. You know why? They gave him all the rules and regulations to live a, a life, a decent life. It's not by rules or regulations. Huh? It's not by, uh, I want to do like Edel does. I want to do like uh, Ken does. No, it's following the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, accepting the Lord in your heart as your Savior. Then, yeah, God will change you. That moment when Philip talked to him, God opened his heart. He preached to him the gospel from Isaiah. And immediately, immediately, his eyes, his heart got open. I want to reach a point where I tell you how he changed there. And he said by himself, this is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Would you say the man is changed? Did, did anybody have to, to push him to get baptized? Did anybody tell him to? He said, Let's, let's get baptized. He baptized him. And he got up, sat in the chariot. And you know what happened? He went on his way, what? Rejoicing. This is what I want to Are you rejoicing? If you're rejoicing, you have that satisfaction in your heart. When you have Jesus, you don't need anything else. When you experience the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't need crutches anymore. Philip or no Philip. Philip, God took him away. He went to Ethiopia. And the history says he introduced that Christianity to all the Ethiopian nation. Why? Because he met Jesus Christ personally. And he went on his way, what? Rejoicing. He came sad. He came perplexed. 
He came with a question mark every time. He has questions. Yet let me tell you one thing. Put all the questions aside. Go deep into your heart like this woman. And say, Lord, I want that water. You've been talking about water. I want that water. And God will give it to you. Will change your life completely. He was not interested in argument. He was not interested in starting a dialogue. You know what he was interested in? He was interested in winning a person. Now, how did she react? We'll end up with this. In all honesty, she said, when he asked her to say, go and call your husband, in all honesty, said, sir, I have no husband. She bowed her head. I'm a sinner. She didn't hide it. And if she hid it, wouldn't he know? And if we come and says, <coughs> wearing Sunday clothes on, you say, Lord, everything is fine. My sins are <coughs> okay. I have confessed yesterday to the priest. And today I'm a nice man. And between yesterday and today you did not sin? Would someone answer me? <laughs> okay, Errol, since you said it, I'm going to go and, and <coughs> do another one. I'll go see the priest this afternoon. You see the priest this afternoon. Fine. And at 2.30 you see the priest and you confess your sins and you get out. The moment you get out, you mean to tell me you're going to spend the afternoon without sin? I've been there. I've done that, folks. I've tried them all. The only one who could give me a relief from my sin is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I call you today. Any person who did not experience so far the relief from sin, the salvation from the Lord, the satisfaction for your life, I call on you today to say, Lord, wash me with your blood. She said, I have no more chances, sir. I've tried the first, the second, the third, the fifth, and I'm living in sin. Do you, do you save people who sin more than once or twice or three times or five times? Guess what? I tell you one thing. He is the Lord of second chance and third chance and fourth chance and fiftieth chance and five hundredth chance. If you are on your one thousand, you are the one he's looking for this morning. She left her water pot, rushed to the village to share her faith. She left. What did she leave? She left her old life at the feet of Jesus at the well. Are you willing to leave your old life? Jesus is, is sitting at this well this morning, this afternoon now. Are you willing to leave your old life? She left her old ways. And she didn't care about them anymore. 
My old ways, the ways I followed, they told me all the ways lead to Rome, they lead all to destruction. There's only one way that leads to Jesus Christ, is the cross way. She left her old attitude. She left her former loyalty to any person, anyone, and said, I am going to be loyal to Jesus Christ. She left everything and followed Jesus. And she ran into the town, let them know. And she said, folks, town, people, everyone, I want you to hear me. I met someone who told me everything about my life. Who painted all my past life in front of me. And gave me, what? A solution for my sinful life. Wherever you go. Any psychiatrist you go to, any doctor, with all my respect to anyone, any religion that does not give you solution for your sin, stay away from it. It's not going to be good for you. The only person who can give you solution is the Lord Jesus Christ. When she left him, what, did she leave happy? What happened? She was depressed, dissatisfied. What happened? She ran to town. I said, well, folks, let me tell you one thing. This man told me all the things I have done. Could that be the Messiah? <laughs> yes, he is. Could that be? She, was, she left his presence joyfully because she accepted the water of life. She accepted the water of life. Any water you're drinking is not going to give you joy except the water that Jesus Christ gives you. His word and his love. Everyone that drinks of this well shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give shall never thirst again. Her question was, Sir, Sir, Give me this water. It was in a prayer, I believe she said it. I don't think she said, well, let me try it. You don't try Jesus. Well, I'll take, I'll take some in my pitcher, and I'll, when I get home, I'll try it for a couple of days. No. In fact, when she left his presence, she forgot her picture. And she, because she didn't have to drink with the well of the earth again, this well, you'll thirst again. Regardless of what kind of water, Ibimad or, or uh, Ibiyan, that doesn't fulfill your thirst. Only one water, the heavenly water, fulfills your thirst. You can have my picture, Lord Jesus. I have the water. You get the pitcher, but give me the water. And she said in a prayerful voice, Sir, give me this water. Would you pray that same prayer this morning with me? Sir, if you don't have it, give me this water. This water can change your life. I don't want to be any more perplexed. I don't want to be any more dissatisfied. Your dissatisfaction. In one word, I would tell you one thing. Try Jesus and come back and talk to me. If you're dissatisfied, 
then I am preaching a lie. No one has tried Jesus. No one has accepted Jesus as Savior. No one has taken Jesus Christ and his blood that washes away every sin and came back empty. Sir, give me that water. And I tell you, then, like this transformed, excited believer, you will be. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul. I read a quote and I end up with it. All the wells of the world cannot satisfy a heart that was created for eternity. Don't try. I repeat that. All the wells of the world cannot satisfy a heart that was created for eternity. Don't try them. Try Jesus. He satisfies. Spar heads. If the Lord spoke to your heart, and I'm sure he did, and if you know that you're still searching, you're dissatisfied, you're not content, you're perplexed, and said, I've been searching, and I need Jesus. I need that water, Adel. And I want you to pray for me. Just lift up your hand, and I'll pray for you tonight. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. Is there someone who wants me to pray for him or for her? Amen. 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 I saw your hands. Amen. I saw your hands. And I will pray for you. And I ask the Lord Jesus to change your lives completely. And you leave his presence as you leave this Church, this afternoon, content, satisfied, relieved, and saved. Is there anyone else? On this side, anyone else wants me to pray for him? Amen. Amen. He passed by on that well only once, and then he never came back to that well. And it might be your last encounter with him. Seize that opportunity. Say, Lord Jesus, I want you to change my life. Is there anyone? Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank your mercies. We thank your love. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you that you went to that well of old and changed the life of this woman. And you are today passing by in this place at this hour, speaking to our hearts and asking us that same question. Do you have that water? Help each and every person who doesn't know you, and those hands who are lifted up, I pray that they will pray the prayer of this woman, Sir, give me that water.
change their lives. Encourage us, Lord, and help us to live for you. To be satisfied with what we have. Because you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Dismiss us, we pray, with your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen.